we thank God. The Lord bless you for joining in today. Uh, shall we get into the word of the Lord? Um, let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 tonight. Let's hear the word of the Lord. I'm reading from Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 to 9. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord. Dear friends, I plead with Eudia, Eudia, and I plead with Synthesis to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side, at my side in the course of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident at all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you um, for such a wonderful um, reading. Thank you so much. Um, the whole of this month, we have been dealing with the, the book of um, Philippians, that is Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. And um, with the writings of Paul, or the epistles of Paul to the church in Philippi, we have learned a lot of things through the word. I think um, last week, Thursday, we dealt with the concept of we being of one mind and of one heart, so long as the things of the kingdom of God is concerned. And this morning, I was just um, in prayer, meditating on the word of God. And there was one thing I just said to myself that um, one day I will also meet Paul and one day I will meet the apostles. And when I meet the apostles, um, a, question I asked about my, a question I asked myself is that, what would they say about me? Uh, what would they give in recommendation of the things that we have done on earth? And I was just meditating on it. I was just thinking about it, that one day we will also meet the apostles. We will meet um peter we will meet stephen and how they were murdered and they were martyred for the sake of the kingdom business so you know that we do this is one of the things that um i just want us to be aware of that um our work for christ christ and his kingdom work our work for this kingdom business it is not something that we should take it as a joke. It is not something that we should take it for granted as we are increasing our knowledge in the things of God. 
And there is something that I want us to know with regards to um, Philippians chapter 4. That is, Apostle Paul is still continuing with the Christian doctrine. Um, and when we talk about the Christian doctrine, we're talking about the instruction that the Lord through his son, Jesus Christ, which was given to the apostles who were at that time um, disciples and they became the convener or they became the transporter of that instructions of that or that commandment of God that that through them, these commandments has also been made possible to us. And thank God by grace and by great privilege, I have also been given the privilege to also minister the same word to you. So one of the things I want you to know about the gospel we preach is that it, it is a carried over word. And two things that were carried over, they, they heard the word from Jesus, that Jesus spoke the word, number one. And number two is that they saw his lifestyle. So it wasn't just a word they heard of Jesus. They heard the word and they also saw his lifestyle. That is the thing that he came to teach and to do. Many a time with the writings of Dr. Luke, um, who was part of the book of Acts of the Apostles and also all the writings of, um, all the, writings of um, uh, um, the book of Luke and also the book of Hebrews, he was also there. Um, you can see that many a time his, his introductory messages are about what Jesus came to teach and to do. And Dr. Luke was a physician. He was a medical doctor in our days. We would say that he was a medical doctor by profession. So one of the things I want us to see here is that in Jesus' day, Jesus did not speak a word um, as in writing a word for us, like a codified constitutional um, word for us to carry over to people. Many a time when you go to, um, maybe you go to some countries, they have a constitution that is carried over and the constitution governs the nation or out of um, that constitution, everything, um, the, the finality, it deals with the finalities of all decisions and all actions of that nation. But without our Jesus Christ, he did not hand over um, a codified constitution to us. So all the things that were being said, um, basically they were all oral. It became more or less like a convention. So Jesus's words, the way we see Matthew, the way we see Mark, the way we see Luke, all these things were not written down. Our Jesus did not tell them, write them down, that it will be carried over. The reason was that they were more concerned about his second coming, which indeed it will come through, um, as theologians would say, parousia or eschatology. It will surely come true. That is the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what am I trying to say here today? That our gospel is not about what we will write to you. Our gospel is not basically about what we will instruct you through um, words for you to do. No, our gospel is a lifestyle. So Christianity is a lifestyle. Christianity is a lifestyle, a life that we portray. And how do we portray that kind of life? We portray that kind of life through the word of God, by believing in Jesus and by speaking his word wherever you find yourself. So that then becomes 
the Christian doctrine. So Christian doctrine is just a convention that is a convention of instruction that has been given to us. So that is what I would like us to know when it comes to the things of God. And let me say this, that even with regards to the New Testament, the New Testament was given to the church um, 200 years ago. So the New Testament was not um, put together. The, the whole Bible that we see, it was not put together by, um, a, I would say it was not a conscious act of putting together that let's put these words together that it will be carried over to people. No, all these things were just a fragments, which even 200 years later, they began finding them by um, archeological um, works. They started finding them in places. So most of the writings were not together. It was just people who were writing. So with Apostle Paul, even in the church in Philippi, he was just writing a letter to the church there to instruct them. So later on, over 200 years later, that is when they realized that, okay, we found this, so let's put this together. We found this from here, let's put this together. So that is what I would like us to know. Or even let me give a simple example, like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The oldest, the oldest book is not Matthew. The oldest book is Mark. So these are some of the things when it comes to the things of God. But what am I trying to arrive at? What I'm arriving at is that so that you will understand that Christianity is not, I am going to hear something and I leave. No, it becomes part of you. Christianity is a formation. It becomes part of you. For example, if someone is a British, you don't need to, the person doesn't need to tell you I am British. If you look at the utterance of the person, if you look at how they behave, automatically you will know that this person is a British. If you look at me, Ghanaian, it doesn't matter how I try to preach a Britain accent, it will not work, you know? So <laughs> these are some of the things that we have to know. So we get to know Christ, that Christ becomes a lifestyle. Our knowledge of God doesn't just become a hearsay, but it becomes a lifestyle that distinguishes us from all other religions, all other religions. It distinguishes us because our belief system is extremely different. So we see here that Apostle Paul describes them as the beloved. He said, my beloved and long for brethren. So we have already known that Apostle Paul, when he was writing to the church in Philippi, he was in prison at that time. That is, he was housed in prison like Julian Assange, who was housed in prison in, the, um, I think, uh, um, one of the uh, embassies here. And so, he was housed in prison. So being housed in prison, um, those of you who don't know Julius Assange, um, he was the, um, the CEO, I think, of WikiLeaks. So the same thing that happened to Julian Assange, that was the same thing that happened to Apostle Paul. And he was housed in prison. And he hears that the church in Philippi, he hears of the thing that was going through them or the, the challenges that they were going through. So he had to write to them. Then he goes ahead to say that, my beloved and long for brethren. So this tells you that it had been a long time, over five to 10 years, Apostle Paul had not seen them. So Apostle Paul was longing to see them. For example, I have been in Europe now, getting to four or five years. I really want to go to Ghana and see my church in Ghana. So I long to see them. I long to see the family 
It was a long time I saw my mom and I miss my mom so much, 75 years now. I want to go and see her. So I long to see. So I want you to know the intensity of how Apostle Paul was talking about. The, the, I want you to have a feel of how he was talking about. So he said that my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and my crown. So Apostle Paul, last time I was telling you that Apostle Paul, his writings to the church in Philippi, it was a song of praise to them. And listen to how he addresses them. He said that the church in Philippi, you are my job. The church in Philippi, you are my crown. The church in Philippi. So it tells you how he describes them. The, the, the words of appellation he gives to them. So it tells you that the, the, pastor, the, the pastor was writing to them in comfort. So as a family here, that I will also speak to the family in comfort. I will speak to the family in joy. I will speak to the family, not with a disheartened heart, not I will speak to the family, not with a troubled heart, always a pastor trying to solve problems and trying to solve challenges. So Apostle Paul was still praising them. It's like a son or like a daughter that is always doing what the family likes. Sometimes daddy hears his name or mommy hears his name or her name and they are very happy. They don't bring challenge or they don't bring problems to home. So he said that you are my joy and you are my crown. As a family, it is our prayer that one day we will also stand somewhere and say that you are our crown and you are our joy. Why? Because our mindset is in the things of God. He said, you are my joy and you are my crown. The opposite of it is that, the opposite of it, we call them sons of Belial. The sons of Belial, they are known as the sons of trouble. The sons of trouble. Wherever they find themselves, there must be trouble. Wherever they find themselves, there must be a, there must be chaos. Wherever they find themselves, there must be a challenge. So Apostle Paul saying that, no, you are not sons of Belial, but you are a joy and you are sons that is like a crown on my head. Then he goes ahead to say that, stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Stand fast in the Lord. So to stand fast in the Lord here means that be fastened in the Lord. That is, let your peg be so fastened, like the way in a, in a tent, if anyone has ever seen a tent before, you know, we have a tent that a tent is supported by pegs. So they tie the thread or the rope to the peg so that when there is a storm, the, 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 um, the tent will not break or the tent will not collapse. And the tent is held together by these pegs. So Apostle Paul said that be fasting in the Lord. So being fasting in the Lord means that I cannot promise you that your Christian journey will be all peaceful. I cannot promise you that your Christian journey will be all fruitful. But no matter what, the first Christian instruction, the first Christian doctrine that the Lord is giving to you and me this evening is that we need to be fastened in the Lord. We need to be fastened in the Lord that whether good or bad, nothing will change my confession. 
that whether good or bad, nothing would change my, my knowledge, the, the love I have for God. Apostle Paul said that there is neither depth, nor sickness, nor failure that will separate me from God. As some Christians, they only praise God when things are good. Then when you go to church, you've seen them dancing and jumping all over the place because, uh, you know, uh, the good, they have, have gotten the good news. But no, whether good news or bad news, he said that we need to be fastened in the Lord, that we will not change our confession, that we will not change our belief systems towards our God, whether good or bad. So we are fastened in the Lord like a peg. You are so fastened in the Lord. And that is what I, and this one, it comes, we call it, it's a self-act. You know, to be fasting in the Lord is a self-act. That is having a focused mindset where your mind is not, it, you, you are not in a state where it's like your mind is fickled and a time when it's like, um, is it working good for me? If my feelings don't work right, if my, my feelings don't work good, it means that God is not there with me. No, Christianity, the Christian life is a life of faith. And when we talk about the life of faith, the life of faith means that Christ has bought me with a price. I don't care what people say about me. Christ has bought me with a price. I don't care what I go through. Christ has bought me with a price and I am reconciled with God through Christ. So that is what I believe. So if everything around me is even still negative, my love for God can never go low. So that is what Apostle Paul tell, is telling us. He says that, stand fast in the Lord, my beloved. Then he goes ahead to say verse 2. He says, I implore you, dear, and syndicate. I implore you, dear, and syndicate to be of the same mind. And you, dear, and syndicate in the Bible. I want you to look at your Bible very well. They were women apostles. They were the female apostles in the church in Philippi. So if anyone says that um, uh, women cannot preach, they don't know what they are talking about. They were the first female apostles, not the first female apostles, because there were others as well, junior and a lot of people. But Judea and Syntyche, they were that there, there are female names, not men. So read your Bible well. They were not women, they, they were not men, they were women who were apostles. They were women who were apostles. So a woman can be ordained as an apostle, a woman can be ordained as a pastor. There is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong. Because I know where I'm coming from. Uh, people like, I will not allow, you know, some people to pray for me, you know, that kind of. So it's not biblical. A woman can be an apostle. So as you're also listening to me right now, if you have opened your heart, receive that anointing to be an apostle for this family. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. So he goes ahead to say that. I implore Yudia and Syntyche to be of the same mind. At that time, Yudia and Syntyche, they were um, having, um, Yudia and Syntyche, they were having a bit of battle. They were, they were arguing on some certain things. Bible scholars did not come out with the exact thing that they were arguing about, but we could see that there was a contention between Yudia, Apostle Yudia and Apostle Syntyche. So what God, uh, Apostle Paul was telling them is that we need to, um, tell them that enough, enough, that they should be of the same mind 
and move on with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I urge you all also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. So you can see what I'm talking about. Verse three confirms it. It says, I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement and also the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. That is, the Lord wants us to be people who are always rejoicing, that we will be people, we will be people that are in love with the things of God, that we are not moved by the wind. We are not moved by the, the, by, by, by the precepts of this world. He said that we, re, we rejoicing. And what do we mean by rejoicing? Rejoicing here means that the word of the Lord over my life is sure and amen. The word of the Lord over my life is true and amen. That there is nothing that can move the word of God. I don't serve God because of what I see in my physical realm. I don't serve God because of what people tell me. I don't serve God because of what I, I, I experience. But I serve God because he is the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen. So you see that rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice tonight. The Lord says, I should tell you, rejoice, rejoice. His word is true. His word does not fail. So if you're a Christian and you are listening to me, or if you are listening to me right now and you are thinking that, you know, my Christian life is here. I feel that my Christian life is here. You know, I need to get here. Then two months later, you see yourself here. Then all of a sudden, boom, you come down. I think my Christian life is going up and down. No. The Christian doesn't move by feelings. The Christian moves by faith. I want to repeat this. The Christian doesn't move by feelings. The Christian moves by faith. And faith here means that. What is faith? Faith here means that Christ has died for me. Christ has died for me. And that is it. And let me tell you one secret here. This is a mystery. When I talk about the death of Jesus Christ on earth for you and me, his death has paid your past sins. His death has paid, has paid for your future sins. And his death has paid for your present sin. Yes. His death has paid everything. His death has paid every curse, every sickness has been blotted out because of his death on the cross. Because the Bible says that cursed is anything that is hanged on the tree. So Christ was cursed for your sakes. Christ was cursed for you and me. That my curse will be taken away. Yes. So the Christian doesn't need 21 days fasting and prayers to be holy. That is not true. The Christian doesn't need a, 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 a barrel of anointing oil to be poured on his life to be holy. No, it is not true. The Christian is someone who believes that Jesus Christ has paid for his weaknesses. Jesus Christ has paid for his failures. Jesus Christ has paid for all his sins. Even the one that you, you do consciously know for sure that Jesus Christ has paid for it. Yes, that is his work on the cross for us. So he goes ahead to say that since I know this, what am I meant to do? I am meant to rejoice that you are not cursed. I am meant to rejoice that I am not a failure. I am meant to rejoice 
that I am not someone that is disadvantaged. I am meant to rejoice no matter where, whoever or wherever I find myself. God says, I should tell you that you need to rejoice. And why do we rejoice? Our rejoice, we rejoice in the Lord. And why do we rejoice in the Lord? Because we have that redemption. There is redemption. There is freedom. We have independence. Mm. We have our greatest freedom. I remember one time in the year um, 1957, which was just a camouflage anyway, that Ghana had independence. And um, I could see that the people were rejoicing that, hey, we have independence. Well, or the day the um, United Kingdom had a um, Brexit, you could see um, they exited the European Union. You could see the joy because we are now out of every instructions and dominions. We are out of them. Now we have our freedom. So it tells you that everybody needs freedom in his life. Everybody needs freedom from entanglements and a lot of um, instructional orders. So that is what Christianity is about. Until you come to this realization that you are free, that you have the redemption, you are free, you are free. So a Christian will not be there thinking about Satan. That is none of your business. That is none of you because you are free. You are free. And that is how we rejoice. So when we come to the church, the people that are so sad, the people that are not happy, I do counseling a lot. And you see those who are not happy, those who are sad, those who are feeling so dejected is the people that are in the church. Why? Because they don't know their redemption in Christ Jesus. So if I see that I am entangled by sickness, I'm entangled by failure, then I am making his death on the cross of no effect. So Apostle Paul says that rejoice in the Lord. Tonight, I want you to rejoice. Amen. Whether you have one million pound or you don't have a million pound in your pocket, rejoice. Whether um, a whole lot of debt is on you, rejoice. That is what he's saying for you. He is paying, he has paid all the debts for us. And he goes ahead to say that let your gentleness be known to all men. Let your gentleness be known to all men. So what these are one of the Christian doctrines. He said, let all your gentleness be known unto all men. And what does it mean by Apostle Paul saying our gentleness um, to, to, to be known to all men? That is a Christian is meant to be mild. A Christian is meant to be patient. We are meant to be patient towards each other. We are meant to be mild towards the world. So a Christian does not go, as for me, you know. No, a Christian is meant to be patient and mild. A Christian is meant to be kind and moderate. A Christian is meant to be meek. A Christian is meant to be very gentle. So the Greek word that was used there is known as epikaisis. Epikaisis means that to be mild, to be patient, to be moderate, to be kind towards each other. He said, let your gentleness, let your gentleness be made known unto all men. Let your gentleness be made known unto all men. So sometimes when I listen to most of our African preachers, it's like I was listening to a preacher one of these days and it's like, um, I, I, if you do this, I will close your blessings. 
I'm like, you are not a man of God. You are a Jujube man of God. <laughs> it's not from God. No matter what, he's saying that our gentleness, our mildness, our kindness. So we, 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 we portray, we demonstrate mildness. So those days when you were in the world, you were like a tap. You know what? As for me, if you come to me, yeah, you know, you know, I'm a tag, like, you know, that kind of tag life, you know. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. If if you dare me, I will dare you. You dare me and see. If you dare me, I will dare you. Oh, why, why are we acting like we are spiritual? You know, let's talk now. You know, so <laughs> if you dare me, you know, so the Christian is meant to be mild. Mm. It's meant to be mild. He said, be mild. Be patient. Sometimes let the word tell you you are dumb. Yes, that's the word I want to use for you. Because you are like a sheep to the world. If you do me, I do you. Yes, take for that. A, a retaliating heart. A bitterness heart. He said, be mild. Let your gentleness. Let people know you are gentle. Mm. He said, let your gentleness be known unto all men. Be mild to people. Be patient. Don't be so stiff. Bible describes them, they are known as stiff-necked people. They have seared their hearts. They have seared their hearts. But nothing moves them. So this is what we call theodicity, Christian doctrine. A Christian doctrine is that we are meant to be mild. You know, sometimes these are the people that they, they, they amaze me. They amaze me a lot. I'm not, I will not lie to you. Like when I look at the missionaries who came to Africa those days, their lifestyle was so beautiful, very beautiful. You could see Jesus. You could, you could, you could see an aura of Jesus. When you see the train of Roman priests going, you, could, you can see something on them. But this end time, what are we doing? I don't know where, where we are, what kind of gospel we are preaching. I think I, I need to talk about this. Yeah? You gotta, I got to be very honest with you. I got to be honest with you. your gentleness and your mildness be known unto all men that we bear each other in our weaknesses. We bear. So listen to me. When you see that I am weak, don't come after me. I don't need it. When you see that I am down, when you see that I'm not praying that much anymore, don't think that Satan is on me or I'm weak. No, that I don't need that from you. Please, I beg of you. I don't need that. I'm not so spiritual like you see me to be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. So we bear each other in gentleness. Don't be too Mr. Righteous, Sister Righteous. I don't need that. Take your righteousness away. We bear each other. Bible says that love covers sins. Mm. Love does not expose sin. Love covers sins. So Mr. Righteous, brother, Sister Righteous, congratulations. Keep on going. You know, so that is what I want us to understand tonight. And this is what the Lord is speaking to us as a family. That let your gentleness be known. Be very gentle at your place of work. In your family, be very gentle. Let people come to you. Don't be judgmental. Don't judge people. That is not your work. 
I work is preaching the gospel. That is what I do. I'm not a judge. I can't judge people. I don't do that. I don't do. I thank God that, you know, let me give an example. When I was in the U.S., they brought a lady to me. Before the lady was coming to me, the mother was like, hey, Prophet, you need to speak to her. I don't know what demon is entering her. I told her, keep quiet, keep quiet. Keep quiet. She came to me. We started talking. All I was saying was that she was ready because the lady was ready that I was coming to condemn her. All I was telling her was that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And she told me, are you sure? I said, yes. Jesus loves you. And that day till now, from 2014, 2015 till now, the lady who had told, announced to her family that um, maybe if you are in that, I'm not condemning you. The lady who had announced to her family that she was a lesbian from that day till I'm telling you, renounced that mindset that I am no more because of the love I have for Jesus. And till now, that testimony is in Florida. What am I saying here? We are not in a position to judge the world. That is not our work. Mm. But we are in a position to bear each other in love. Whether the person is a Muslim, whether the person is, does not believe in your God. Sometimes you go to some certain places among the Christians because he's not part of my church. He's no more my friend. He's not because uh, you go to, uh, especially some African countries where you can see two churches fighting, two pastors, and they are fighting. What kind of Bible are we preaching? So he said that, let your gentleness, epicaesis means that your gentleness, your mildness, your patience, your patience be known to men. I know sometimes we can, we can run our mouth like Pepe and all that, but just be, be gentle, just be gentle. God is interested in that, yeah, yeah. Be gentle. Be very gentle. Yeah. Let your children know you are very gentle. Yes. Verse 6 is that. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. The reason why sometimes you are so agitated is that you are very anxious. You feel insecure. What is going to happen? What is going to happen? Always you are, you, you, are, you are searching for something to find a problem. Why? He says, be anxious for nothing. It is good to aspire in life. It is good to, it is good to envisage in life. But don't be, too, don't be too mathematical. I don't know the right word, like cosmetical. Like, don't be too, somebody help me with the right word. Like, you know, like, Exactly this, it must be that. Exactly this is my, you know, that is my nature. As for me, I don't like someone who is this. I don't like this who is that. that be anxious for nothing. Strict. Perfectionists. Yes, very strict. Perfectionists. He said, be anxious for nothing. So when all these things are not fulfilled, anxiety begins to set in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. You become very anxious. Apostle Paul said that be anxious for nothing. 
And he says, in everything by prayer. In everything by prayer. And supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known, be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Then, as I'm bringing my word to a close, verse number eight, he teaches them. So now Apostle Paul teaches them the, how to pray. He says, even if you are, you are, you, there is a problem, maybe like, I want my husband to be like this. I want my boyfriend to be like that. <laughs> I want, you know, there are some people, they think they can change people. <laughs> you are wasting your time. Anyway, you, I'll come about, I'll talk to that later. You know, so when it doesn't happen like that, he says, the next thing you do is that pray, 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 pray for the person, pray. Stop talking and pray. Pray. And he says, how do you pray? He said that, what kind of prayer Apostle Paul is teaching us? He's not saying that, oh, God, change my husband. God, change my boyfriend. God, change my, change my wife. No, he's not saying that. He said, I pray. Thank you, Lord. He said, pray with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for changing this person for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for changing this person's heart for your glory. In the name of Jesus. It says with prayer and thanksgiving, know the difference. That is a prayer that is influxed with thanksgiving. So this is an instruction, a prayer that is influxed with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which surpasses understanding so guard your heart. The last verse, he says, finally, brethren, that which is true, that which is noble, if there is anything that is just, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything that is of virtue, if there is anything that is of praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. Last time I gave you the Hebrew name for meditation. That is haga. Haga means that you matter with your mouth. You matter. You speak silently with your mouth. He said that meditate on these things. What is the Apostle Paul trying to tell us? Apostle Paul knows the power of the mind. He knows the power of the mind. The mind and the heart becomes a repository of this, this, the things we go through. We all store things within us. You can't limit the mind. Sometimes you wake up and you are angry or you are, I mean, you remember 20 years time what happened to you. But Apostle Paul said that now you need to limit your thinking. He said, limit it. And where should your thinking be focused on? Not on your weaknesses. He says, focus on things that are true. That is the Christian, your thinking should be focused on things that are true. What are things that are true? Jesus died for me. He rose for me. He will come back. That is it. It is true. We don't doubt it. Is it that things that are noble? What are things that are noble in your world, in, in, in your knowledge of God? What are the things that are noble? Apostle Paul said that let us focus on these things. When we talk about noble things, honorable things in your family, in your nation, 
Let's talk about honorable things. Let, let, I don't want to know about your failures. I don't want to know about, 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 about how somebody has lost something, about how somebody has failed. I want to know about things that are honorable. So I suppose that our thinking should be that. Our thinking should not always be about pessimism. Don't be pessimistic about Africa to me. I don't want to know that. I don't want to know that. Is it things that are noble? Now, is it things that are noble and things that are just? And when we talk about just, Apostle Paul was trying to talk about things that are in harmony. That is, our soul is in harmony with. Our soul is in harmony with. As our spirit is in sync with. They are just. That is, they are in order. They are not haphazard. They are not messed up. You know, you, you, you get what I'm trying to say. They are not messed. They, 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 they are not put uh, ajar. These things that are just and things that are pure and things that are, when we talk about pure, that is something that is so just and holy to the body, to the soul as well. So a Christian, you are not involved in corruption. You are not involved in that. A Christian, you are not involved in communication that will corrupt you. You are not involved in all those corrupt co communications. You are not in that kind of world. You are not in that kind of world. And things that are lovely, that is things that are so pleasing and they end up blessing God. Things that are so pleasing and they end up blessing God. That is all that you say. Oh, I can hear of Brother Roger doing this to the name of the Lord. I can hear of Sister Connie do the, doing these things to the name of the Lord. I can hear of Brother Edward doing these things to the name of the Lord. I can hear of Sister Deborah doing these things to the name of the Lord. I can hear of Sister V doing these things to the name of the Lord. Things that are lovely. And he goes ahead to say, if there is anything that is of praise report, he said, think about these things. If there is of anything that will give us praise report, he said, think about these things. I am ending my message today. And I possibly that this is where we now need to limit our thinking to these five instructions, through things, noble things, just things, pure things, lovely things, and things that bring that, of, that are of good reports. Apostle Paul said that this is where our thinking should be limited to, especially those of, our, those of you who do project work, uh, you do project work, uh, maybe when you are writing your, your project work for, for uh, during your final year in university, you, you, you are presented with a broad problem, but you limit it to, you skew your, your project to a certain um, location. So Apostle Paul said that there are a lot of things in this world, but limit your thinking. Limit your thinking to just these things. Praise report, lovely report, things that are noble, things that are true. This is where my thinking is. So I don't care about who does what or who does that. All I know is that everything that we are doing brings praise to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you as we continue to increase in the knowledge of God. Can you say this after me if you can? Say after me, dear Lord Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you today. For dying on the cross for me. For dying on the cross for me. I believe today. 
I believe today that you rose for my sake. That you rose for my sake. And in you, and in you, all things, all things are working for my good. Are working for my good. I am a vessel of your glory. I am a vessel of your glory in this age. In this age, and the ages to come, and the ages to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for making me. For making me your representative. Your representative on earth. On earth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let all the saints say, Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. I love you all. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. We bless the name of the Lord. Today happens to be a second day of our word conference. Let's get into the word of the Lord. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 10 to 21. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Let's hear. One of the things I know is that God is transforming me into Moses. Very soon I'll be like Moses. Uh, big beers and <laughs> or, or maybe uh, Peter or Tom, uh, Thomas um, Philippians chapter number 4 verse number 10 to 23 okay amen amen, amen. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress." Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephrodus, the things sent from you, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let the saints say amen. Amen. Let's get into the word. Philippians say that, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last hour your care for me has flourished. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. 
not that I speak in regard of need, but for I've learned to, um, in whatever state I am, to be content and I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound everywhere. In all things, I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So taking chapter four, verse number 10, Apostle Paul was also talking about, yesterday I, I dealt with um, the subject of the need for us to, how we will be people that we program our mind. That is the need for us to program our minds well, not just on the world, but on the things of God and on the things of the spirit. And we also got to know about Christian ethical living. That is when we talk about Christian ethical living, Apostle Paul also um, advocated for that. That is as a Christian, there is a kind of life. Um, some people call it etiquette, some others call it ketsi or uh, mannerisms and Christian ethical life. So. The Christian life is different from um, the Islamic or the Muslim or the Buddhist. And he said that, let your gentleness appear to all men. So in, in, in Christology or in theology, um, this is a life that we call, others will call um, Christian ethics or Christian hermeneutics, where we get to know of a lifestyle that our Christian life is not only spiritual. For all you know, you also live with human beings. Even if you don't live with human beings, you live with beings. So our gentleness must appear to them, you know. And there are some um, theologians who believe that um, the word became flesh in John chapter one, John one. The world became flesh and dwelt among us. There are others, there are other theologians who have the, the belief that when the Lord said the word became flesh, it comprises of all flesh. And when we talk about all flesh, that is universalism. Animals are also part of the flesh. So the need to be kind to animals. One time I was watching Facebook and I saw a pastor hold someone or a pastor whoever hold an owl. And um, the, the pastor was very happy that a demon has entered the owl and um, was ready to kill the owl. That, you know, how we treat. And I want you to understand where I'm coming from because I know the context of people I'm speaking to. Sometimes when you see a spider in the name of Jesus, blood of Jesus, hey, they have come here. They have come here, blood of Jesus. I blood of Jesus. When you see a common butterfly, <laughs> blood of Jesus. So when we talk about these things, all flesh means that animals are also part of the flesh. They need to be gentle to animals. So don't go about saying, oh, um, uh, I know when we see a snake, the way we will, we will, you know, because they have the life of God in them. Any, any being that carries blood, it means that the life of God is in that being. 
So Apostle Paul talks about the need for us to be gentle to everyone, that our gentleness must be public, that our gentle life should not be related to just when we meet as Christians, but our gentleness should be public. It should be very public at your place of work. Don't be part of corruption. You know, there are certain times people might ask, are you a pastor? Are you a pastor? And you know, no, I'm not. I'm a Christian. Yeah, sometimes people must ask you that. Your gentleness, you know, it helps. And that is why God wants us to understand as we grow in the knowledge of God. So don't have a church life and have a, a home life or a community life. So our gentleness must be public. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last hour your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked the opportunity. You surely did care, but you lacked the opportunity. And this time around, Apostle Paul is speaking to us about two things here. When you hear the word, your response to the word of God. When you hear the word, your response to the word of God. The gospel must travel to nations. The gospel must travel to kingdoms. So there are two responses that you need to do. And this is what Apostle Paul is talking about. And he said that these are the things that I don't need to talk about because I didn't communicate with you, but not that I need it, even if I have not said it, but it is something that I just want to praise you people for. And he says, whilst I was in prison, you cared for me and your care for me has even flourished. That is the church in Philippi, they flourished in giving to Apostle Paul. So right now that we are building a family, yes, we need to understand that a family wouldn't just be a word of mouth. Two things. Your human resource, that is your body is needed. And your material resources are also needed. So he said that, I don't need to talk about these things, but we need to talk, we need to praise you for it. So he says, whilst you lacked, whilst even though you lacked, you still did care. So yes, we are building a family. That is what we are building. And our, our input in the kingdom of God is not to man. Our input in the kingdom of God is not for the benefit of any man, but for increase. So as a family, there is one thing that I want us to understand. And so long as we, are, we keep on preaching the word, we keep on releasing the word into your spirit. There is one thing that I want you to know that God also expects two things from you to the brotherhood, to the sisterhood. God expects two things from you, your input, your physical input, your strength. And not only that, your material input. And when it happens like that, these are the things that we call such a person that they are need conscious. So 
it is not just about I come to listen to preaching and I go, but after the preaching, ask yourself, how is this work surviving? The workers, how is this work surviving? And how can I sustain this work? Assuming everybody leaves this work, how can I sustain this work that it will go further? Have you thought about that? Well, many a time we are like, oh, we uh, got maybe the proliferation of uh, messages and all that. So, you know, humility, every message I come to preach to you, I, I, it's not a joke. I don't just sleep and wake up in all humility that I, I get messages for you. No. I spend time a lot. I sacrifice by prayer. I sacrifice by Sometimes I sacrifice my family for you. Yes. And that is the part I'm doing. I'm not saying come and feed me. Paul says, I'm enough. I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I mean, I have more than enough. But how can we all come together? If we say we are building a university, I don't think we are waiting for the prime minister of United Kingdom to come and give us huge amount of money. No, we're going to do it ourselves. And one of the amazing things the church in Philippi did was that they gave not because they had. Apostle Paul said that you lacked the opportunity. You lacked. It might be possible that when Apostle Paul was writing to them, they had also experienced that economic crunch because in those days it was purely an ag agrarian period. That is a period of agriculture. And during those periods of agriculture, agriculture, modern mechanisms of farming in terms of um, using um, huge uh, machines to farm like um, uh, uh, for irrigation purposes and plowing and tilling the land wasn't very common at that time which most of them, especially in, um, in those areas like Greece at that time, um, the Grecian era, they relied mostly on, on ghosts. So whenever a rain happens, they think it's a God that gave them a rain. If a rain doesn't happen, like certain part of Africa, we will, have, we will experience a bounty farming or a bounty harvest when there is a certain kind of rain. I remember a friend of mine, um, who was doing his PhD, went to certain part of the north, no, certain northern part of Ghana. And the person, he asked the person, he was working on how they can increase their um, um, agricultural input or agricultural harvest at that time, their stocks. And the young man at that time told him that because the gods are not sending rain, so the guy was shocked. He said, in 2016, you still believe in a God that will send you a rain. Wow. He was shocked. So many a time when we are this part of the world, <laughs> don't think that everything is cool. There are a lot of people, their approach to things are extremely different. So that is how they were. So it means that when Apostle Paul was writing to them, they might have experienced an economic crunch because maybe they didn't have a bounty harvest. But he said that even in the midst of that, thank God now we are in a coronavirus season where everybody's language is, oh, now business is bad, business is bad, business has spoiled, business has spoiled. 
Business is not going on well. In the midst of this corona, that is where God is telling you that let your focus be need conscious in the church or in this family. So he says you lacked opportunity, though you surely did care. And not that I speak in regard of need, but I've learned also in what state I am to be very content and to be abased and how to abound everywhere in all things that I've learned to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So this time around, Apostle Paul is boasting himself in the Lord. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. You have done well. So this is a time where a nation has experienced an economic crunch. They are going through their own problems. And the apostle who is also writing to you, the apostle is also imprisoned or house imprisoned. And he gave them the opportunity to think about themselves. He gave them the opportunity to think about their families. He gave them the opportunity to think about their own um, selfish good or selfish interest. But even in the midst of that, it did not change their conviction that we need to take care of uh, the apostle. So whilst Apostle Paul was in prison, he said that they sent for him or they presented gifts even to him in prison. They presented gifts to him in prison. And he says, nevertheless, and the reason why Apostle Paul is not mincing words or very spectacular about his choice of words is that, so that it will be a carried over to you and me. So what is Apostle Paul is saying is that he was not in a good state at that time. He was in prison. He was in prison and, <laughs> Some of us know the danger of this lockdown, the, the mental effect that is having on people and all that. And even in those days, human, human rights was um, very, very pathetic and appalling at that time. But in his distress, you sent for me. And he said that, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, I departed from Macedonia, no church, shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only shared with me concerning, but you only, for even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Because wherever Apostle Paul goes, there is a problem, there is chaos. That is the, the, the difference between Apostle Paul and the gospel was that everywhere he goes, if he comes to London, before you realize there's a problem in London, because when he comes, he shakes a nation. He doesn't shake a, a mere community. No, he shakes a nation. Unlike today where church is like, <laughs> you can go to one road and we have like over 50 churches there and they can't even influence a nation. Now, that is not also gathering. If also gathering can, can never influence United Kingdom, then I'm not a man of God. No, if we don't influence this country. <laughs> so he said that even when I was in Thessalonica, you send aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. I seek the fruit. 
that are bound to your account. So if you remember earlier, I said two things here that Apostle Paul was not only concerned or showing appreciation about their seed giving or about their offering or about their, their caring for him, but also he was concerned about their fruit. So that is why I said, I'm giving you two positions tonight, the human need and your material need. So your human resource and your material resource for this family. So that whatever we say we do within be just a mere word of mouth. Indeed, I have all and I abound. And I am full, having received from Epaphroditus things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice that is well pleasing to God. So you can imagine the, 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 the quantity of things they sent to Apostle Paul. And he was able to single out one perfume that this perfume was very, I don't know, the most expensive perfume in the United Kingdom. Um, please, my, my modern people, can you help me? The, the most expensive perfume in the United Kingdom. He said, the, you sent this one to me. You sent it to me. And not only a perfume that they sent to him, but they sent yeah, uh -huh. it has started life Christian. Oh my God. <laughs> the perfume I use, right? Doesn't have a name. There's, there's some Arabic name on it. I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> so is it that you gave all things to me that we have all come together in the love of God. We have all come together in the praise of God in building this work. And the perfume, he singled it out and said, this is well pleasing to God. Verse 19. So Apostle Paul didn't say it is pleasing to me. So your input in this family, your input in this family is not pleasing to any man of God or any person. He says it is pleasing to God. That is, Apostle Paul takes himself out of it. So one of the things I want us to understand is that we go in for it, that we have been implanted with the knowledge of what can I do for this family? Brother Edward in Ghana, Sister Connie, Minister Patricia, Brother Roger, Sister Vivian, Brother Raymond. What can I do? Sister Rhoda, Lady Rachel, what can I do for the kingdom? What can I do? What is it that nobody has ever done? What is it that nobody has ever done? Not like, not like people are continuing, not like people are doing it and we are coming to continue. No, church is not like that. If we are still doing what everyone is doing, then there is no need for us to be preaching. So tonight, I want to unveil certain things to your spirit. What are the things that I can do and God is speaking to you right now. Not that we're doing it because we want God to bless us. No, that is not the topic here. I've always stood against if people say I give to God and because I give to God, he blessed me. I don't believe in that. It is not biblical. But we give out of love. That I'm giving to him because he loved me. And I'm just giving my little as my love offering to him. 
or as my love seed to God. And not just a seed. So Apostle Paul said, it is not a seed that we need. No, I'm not talking about a seed. If you are, if you, if you think I'm talking about maybe tithe and offering, you are getting me wrong. I'm not talking about a seed, but I'm talking about what can I do? Barnabas gave his house. So what's that is are thinking about 10 pounds, 20 pounds. You are thinking about, I'm giving, I'm thinking about giving God 50 pounds, uh, 50,000 pounds, 100,000 pounds, 1 million pounds. Like, tell yourself that, prophesy that to yourself. Yes, I want you to have that notion. Let me tell you one thing I did in Ghana. Whilst everybody was thinking about, uh, I mean, let me tell some other things I do. Everybody was thinking about, uh, I, I'm starting a church and I'm, I'm buying instruments. I'm doing this. I had a whole set of instruments, a whole set of instruments, a whole set of mega um, amps. Just one day, I saw a pastor preaching on the roadside and I could see the passion in his preaching. I could see the void, the, the passion. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the mics and the, and, the, and the speakers will just, there'll be a hitch in it. Then you will run back, change it, come back, and you could see the passion. Like, this is not a man who is preaching for fame, but you could see the passion. So I just, and as soon as I stood there, as soon as I was passing there, I, I was frozen throughout. So I just stood there to some of us, you listen to preaching and you are shedding tears. So I just stood there, I listened to this man, and you could see from his voice that Jesus, Jesus is from his voice. It's not like he's articulative or he has some special kind of words, but you could see that he was ministering deep from his heart. I stood there. I was so amazed. And what I did was that in Ghana, what I did was that when he finished, I told him, can we go somewhere? He was shocked. So he followed me. I took him to my church and all my instruments in the church. I had bought them brand new, not, not even more than a year. I loaded everything and I gave to him. The following Sundays, I was preaching with my normal voice. Yes, I loaded everything. Some of you can ask my sons, what am I saying here? that it was giving out of love because the gospel is meant to be transferred. So he said that I did not need anything from you. And the thing that you have done, it is so pleasing to God. Two things here, your human resource and your material resource. And as you do that, you expand the kingdom of God. And what you're doing is that when you do that, you don't just do it for man, but you are doing it as a pleasing unto God. And this is what Apostle Paul says. And now he goes ahead to say verse 19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I know many a time people like quoting that place, but it came with a condition. Philippians 4.19 comes with a condition because the church was need conscious. And that is where I want you to go. You know, we become need conscious. And sometimes it's not about 
giving one million to God or giving hundred million to God. No, if you do that, you're getting it wrong. I'm talking about where there is a special need, like you will be there, the Joseph of Arimathea. Um, to some of us who don't know Joseph of Arimathea, he was a very rich guy. And um, when Jesus died, had it not been Joseph of Arimathea, Jesus would have been thrown away. His body would have been thrown away. But because he was a very worthy guy and a noble man, when Jesus died, he requested for the body of Jesus from Pilate at that time. So you could see that the man was a help within that moment in time. So ask yourself that, what can I do? What is it that I see, a, not like, oh, in this family, um, you see a problem, you see a, you see a hole somewhere and you are just watching it. You don't talk, you are just watching or you either lambast it or criticize it. But have you asked yourself, am I solving it? So I'm not centering on money or I'm not centering on um, just um, giving a certain kind of seal. And a lot of people miss their blessing because their, their main motive is that, oh, I give my tithe, oh, I give my offering. It is wrong. The question is that, what am I doing to show the need in this family? Tonight, as I'm bringing my word to a close, he goes ahead to say that, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me also greet you. And all the saints greet you. Can you imagine the brethren who are with me, a man in prison, and people are with him in prison. How many of us can be with a pastor when things are going bad? I mean, from where we are coming from, to say, oh, no, now the pastor is not praying much. You know, the pastor's anointing has gone down. All things greet you, especially those who are of the house of Caesar. And let me say this last word. I know my time is up, but let me say this last word. We close. He's saying that all the saints greet you, and I want you to take notice of this word for me, please. He says, all the saints greet you, especially those in the household of Caesar. And do you know the amazing thing about this, why Apostle Paul singled it out? Because Caesar was a very terrible person. His other name was known as Nero. To those of us who don't know, the word Christians, it was coined by Nero. It was Nero who gave that word Christians to them. Let me tell you the, the name the, the, the similarity of the word Christian. At that time, to call someone a Christian is like today, calling a black man in UK a nigger. Because Christians at that time, our name was not known as Christians. We were known as people of the way because of the time. I can't go through the Bible with you. But our original name is known as people of the way. We were not known as Christians. Christ, the word Christian was a derogatory word or a vulgar word for believers of Christ. And that word Christian was given to them by Nero. That is Caesar Nero. He hated Christian. He killed, he killed, apart from Apostle Paul, the other person that killed Christians a lot is this man. He killed Christians too much. And let me tell you one thing. Someone who is killing Christians eh, in his own house, there they were Christians there. Can you imagine? So the people have gone beyond fear. Someone who is killing people in his own house. They were, so this is the people that they were sending their greetings to the church in Philippi. That even if you people are going through problems, there is a problem. We, we are under a terrible leader, but we are still 
serving Christ. You haven't got an excuse. You know that, right? You haven't got an excuse. One day, you know what, right now, you know what I'm wishing for right now? One day I'll meet Apostle Paul and I'll meet all the apostles. And they will tell me, oh, he's faithful servant. That is all that I'm looking for. That when you came to London, you didn't waste your time. The Lord bless you. Say this verse after me. In the name of Jesus, all the days of my life, I will serve in the house of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I am a need conscious person for the kingdom business. In Jesus' mighty name. Are you ready to solve a need in the family? The Lord bless you as you do it. So shall we get into the word of the Lord? Shall we get into our Bible? The book of Philippians, chapter number one, verse 27 to 28. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter one, verse 27 to 28. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation from that from, and that from God. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, you says after me that I am born of God and I am full of the spirit of God. And in these end times, God has ordained me by his spirit to bring to pass greater things that the world has not seen before in the name of Jesus Christ. The saints say, Amen. One of the things that I want to unveil to us here is um, the Christian life or life in general has always not been where I found myself last year. That is the same place that I must be in this year. So in our Christian journey as well, the Lord also employs us with regards to that. Um, I mean, um, to some of you who saw my starting even in United Kingdom, you can see that there has been a great shift. Sometimes to shift comes with a lot of things. It comes with a whole lot of um, mental conflicts. Whether you believe it, it will happen or really happen. And also to change does not necessarily mean that um, you can always be confident of yourself. For example, sometimes when, let me, let me, let me give you some of the mental conflicts that I have. Because Jesus had the same thing. Um, many a time uh, uh, when the Bible said that he was full of the Holy Spirit, when he got baptized, he was led into the, temp uh, to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Um, you know, at that time, according to the synoptics, that is in Matthew and Mark and Luke, I think they recorded it. And they talked about Jesus being tempted of the devil. It is not devil who came to tempt him. So let's understand that. You know, when you watch your films, 
you see a snake, a snake that is moving with Jesus Christ. And um, when Jesus shouted at him, leave, then the snake left. I don't know if anybody has watched some of the Jesus films before. Um, um, good. So when we see that, we see a snake coming to tempt Jesus, good. So one of the things we need to understand, it was not Satan um, who came to tempt Jesus because at that time, they didn't have exact words to explain things. Um, for example, um, uh, Brad Edward is from Ghana. You know, um, we, have this, we have this cough in Ghana. At the olden days, we used to call it um, ghost cough. That is in Samangwa. And it is a cough where you, you cough profusely. But so it, it, the name that was given to it was known as a ghost cough. But um, when knowledge increased, we, get to know, we got to know that it was known as um, asthma. And many a time, people who were having, um, um, this word is very difficult for me to mention. Is this a, a schizophrenia or something? Someone who's schizophrenic? I don't know if I'm mentioning it well. Please, can someone help me? Um, is this schizophrenia or something? So, um, oh, British people help the Ghanaian man now. I'm in the middle of the sea. So, uh, you know, all these, whenever someone gets these, where situation where the person begins to have hallucinations and all that, um, the British people are hidden. British people. Oh, <laughs> so um, one of the things that happens is happens here is um, you begin to hallucinate, and whenever some of these things do happen, people begin to say that you are demon possessed. But when it comes to now, knowledge has increased. People have found solutions to all these things, like names for them and how they can be solved. But in those days, anything that happened that they didn't have exact name for it, they gave it um, a demonic name. So whether Satan has, um, yes, yeah, schizophrenia, good, good. I think I'm correct, schizophrenic, good. So um, oh, I thought you clap for me. If you don't give me fans, I'll give fans myself. <laughs> Santa Posta Powers. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. So um, many a time when I'm coming to minister, I don't prepare some words. It just pops in. Yeah, by the spirit. Anyway. Um. So what happens here is that in those days they didn't have exact name for them, and um, they ministered. So whenever they see such things that cannot be solved, then they would give it a demonic name. So if someone is suffering from schizophrenia, they would say the person is demon possessed. So with Jesus's ministry being tempted of the devil as was stated by Matthew, Mark and Luke, um, I would say that it was not Satan who tempted him. It was not Satan. He was having what we call mental conflict. Jesus was in a state of mental conflict. So he wasn't tempted by the devil. Satan did not come to him to tempt him. Let's understand that. 
because <laughs> sometimes we limit God and we make Satan huge, you know, especially in African communities. We limit God and we make Satan huge. So yes, sometimes, um, personally, maybe when I'm coming to preach or when I finish preaching, yeah, I do get mental conflicts as well. That, um, are you sure your people liked your message? Are you sure um, it went well? Are you sure tomorrow they will come back? You know, so these are the questions that this one, they are mental, not, um, uh, someone talking to you by you hear these mental things in your mind and not only that so that is why especially um these um how's it called these musicians popular musicians because they want to maintain their 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 maintain their audience they want to maintain their fans they have to always do what their fans like, not what they like. Let's see the difference here. So if maybe a musician comes out with one song for uh, one album or a single hit, the mindset is that what next hit can I come with? So everything that I have to do to make my, my next um, um, release a hit that it can also um, get over a million audience. I need to do that. So these are some of the things that sometimes um, leaders go through and people that there is an expectation, a demand on them. These are the things they go through. So one of the things I want to say here is that We have to understand that this is a vision and this is a family that we are building. And someone asked me, when did this movement start? It is not even a year. We started it in Brixton last December. That was when the Lord gave me the vision, especially to, um, um, my, my love, Connie, and uh, my love, Brother Edward. So it was just last December that the Lord gave me this family vision. And he given me such a vision. To be very honest with you, um, I just believed it. I just didn't know how it is going to happen, but I just believed it. In as much as there were some people among us who saw it, um, they saw it from afar. And um, they prophesied into it as well. And they were concerned about it as well. Um, especially Minister Patricia and few other people. So what I'm trying to say here is that what we are doing if we don't understand what we are doing, we might think that um, I am coming here to pray, I'm coming here to do church and I'm leaving. I'm coming here to, to listen to God's word and leaving. But it is a movement. And with this movement, 
there are certain things that needs to be done. And if those things are not done, there is no way we can achieve it. And for every movement, so right now what I'm doing now is not the people that are coming here. It's not the people who are in here, but the those one that I'm speaking to right now is the loyal people, the foundation, the structures. You know, if you want to build a just um, maybe a semi-detached building, put up a semi-detached building, you don't need um, a, a bigger foundation, you know? And if to some of us, at least we came to um, see how some of these buildings are put up in the UK, some of these long buildings, you can see that they dig deep within. The, so if you see the long buildings, the dig deep within, I think that one minister, minister um, Chris, an engineer will help us in that place. You know, the length that it must go and the length of the pillars. So you can't use just mere um, iron rolls or just mere um, concrete blocks or cement to build these things. Otherwise you will cause lives. So what we're doing now as a man of God, as your leader, the reason why I'm saying this is Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi that is, he's speaking to a congregation. He's speaking to a family in Philippi. And the same spirit Apostle Paul had, I cannot finish this um, teaching about Philippi with you. And um, for us not to understand, because the word itself must cause us to know that is, it was a city. Philippians was a city. So this is the city of London. This is the city of Accra. And we are not looking at just London or Accra or Lagos or Abuja or Hatun. We are not looking at these things. We are looking at a global vision. So every, every leader has a vision. Then... There are people who buy into the vision and they spread the vision. And when it comes to a leader having a vision and people buying into the vision and they spread the vision, normally they, 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 the ones who spread the vision are not plenty. And there's a strategy that I call the Gideon strategy, the Gideon syndrome. And the Gideon syndrome is where you know, Africans, I mean, African ministries, when we come here, we like, I see this, yeah, then we are shaking. You know, when African pastor is preaching and he doesn't shake, people be like, is he powerful? I don't think so. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think he has power. <laughs> you know, let's go to another one. <laughs> are you sure our future is secured? You know? So by the time I come like this, is like, you know, so with the Gideon syndrome, which is what I'm building right now, where we don't do anything. You come here, you just listen to the word, no shouting, no nothing. No nothing. You know, nothing is happening. So maybe if we're expecting that I'll do deliverance, I, <laughs> I don't have energy for that. I don't do deliverance, I'm sorry. 
Some people were calling me, prophet, I need deliverance. So when we come back to church, I'm like, you are still in the olden days. You are still in Moses. <laughs> my, my brother transformed to Jesus Christ. <laughs> transformed to Jesus Christ, you know? So when you begin to do that, that is when you know the faithful ones and the loyal ones. So this evening, for you to be here, the Lord bless you. And I want you to know that your labor in God will not be in vain. So we are not here just to, um, just to shout or to, uh, I mean, do some certain things, no, or fake it. And as a vision, as a family, the city of London is the headquarters. We are building the headquarters here. And when I talk about the headquarters, we building the headquarters here, we are talking about, we raising, we can't talk about um, a headquarters with just a mere mouth. We are talking about we raising glamorous edifice in this country, and we will do it. We don't know how it will happen, but we will do it. If you believe it, shout, I believe. I believe it. So one of the things that the Lord is speaking to us this evening is the vision. How the vision becomes concrete to you, then you see beyond the vision. So you become a part. So when we talk about a partaker of the vision, you, you stretch the vision. So always remember that the pastor cannot do all. You know, brother Seth cannot do all. Because one of the things I'm doing is that I'm setting up a revolution. It's a revolution. So to some of us who, who may not know me, I'm very, very political. I, I'm, I'm unveiling my real self to you. I, I like strife. I love it. That is my nature. I've never, if you know the heart that is in me, I've never believed in a no. But thank God our radicalism is in Christ Jesus. Our radicalism is in Christ Jesus. So, when we get to understand this vision, that this is what the Lord has given to us, and that this is what I am meant to do, we are not building a church, we are building a family. So in December 2020, the word church was canceled from our lips. We are a family. We are a family. We are a family. So when we understand why are we a family, this is what the Lord has given to us. This is what we are going to do. Then all efforts. So right now we are in a position where we are not thinking about, oh, how can this happen? We are not in that position anymore. We are not in that position anymore. I want you to understand that if we do reasoning, we will never go anywhere. Yes. If we do reasoning, 
that, okay, let's, you know, let's take our time. Let's wait for the right time of God. Let's pray hard and do it. Nothing will happen. Yes, nothing will happen. Tonight, the Lord wants us to make a move. Yes. And the move is that we are building a family headquarters. How are we going to do it? We don't know, but we will do it. And when I talk about family headquarters, can you give me a price? Talk about the price right now. Let's mention monies. Yes, let's not be spiritual. Let's mention monies. Mention monies. What is your vision of a, of a glamorous headquarters or a tower that we are building in United Kingdom? What is, your, what is your value? 10 million. My God. Yes. Give me a value. Give me a value by faith. Give me a value by faith. Give me a value. Give me a value by faith. Give me a value. Give me a value. Give me a value. Yes, everyone, give me your value according to your level of faith. 50 million. Yes, 20 million. Give me a value according to your level of faith. Give me a value. 100 million. Give me a value according to your level of faith. According to your level of faith. The Lord bless you. So, the reason why we are doing this is that 1 billion. The Lord bless you. So now we see our value. We all see it. We see our value. So Apostle Paul said that, and let us strive together for the faith of the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is one word, family. So maybe I will, I will, I will take away the gospel and put family there because gospel simply means gospel simply means um, good news. So what is the good news? We are establishing a family. So let us strive together for the faith of the family. Let us strive together. And he's saying that not in any way terrified by your adversaries. So right now we mentioned 100 billion. We mentioned 20 million. We mentioned 10 million. So we are not terrified by money. If you can type it, declare to yourself, I am not terrified by money. So he said that. And not terrified in any way by your adversaries. So when we talk about adversaries, the adversary can be the economy. The adversary can be the government. The adversary can be anything. But he says, not in any way terrified. So why is it that in the United Kingdom, as I said yesterday, on the roadside, you can see like 20 churches, but... Some of us know when the lockdown came, all of you saw it. When the lockdown came, and the, I think this, the, when they were doing this, the partial um, release of the lockdown and all that, we were not part. We didn't even mention our name. We were not part when they were making plans. We were not part because they don't know us. Sometimes you go to Woolwich. And one church building, one person leaves, like when we were in Deadford. One, we will leave, we will wait for another one to come. And <laughs> another one will come, another one will come, another one. So one building, over five people are doing church there. Five. 
And the funny thing is that that building that was in Deptford was, was for a Muslim, two Muslim brothers. So that is how we have become. Let's just be in a small cottage, no influence, no nothing, then we move. So if this family vision, the good news is the family. So if you don't see it, that is the whole thing. If you don't see the movement, you, it's like you will not get it. So as I said, the, 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 the people that are here, and when we talk about this, thing, don't wait for anyone to come and be that millionaire. You say to yourself, I will do it. You declare that to yourself. That I will do it. So we don't wait for anyone to bring that change. So our mindset is we are building headquarters. Our mindset is that, so it wouldn't be just mere words. Mere words. As Brother Chris was also landed, they talk, 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 they don't do anything. No. So, so this family will not be mere words. That's why there's no me that said it, oh, please oh, don't come after me. <laughs> so it wouldn't be just mere words. But we will be people that tonight we are striving. So when we talk about striving here, I mean that definitely there will be an opposition. Definitely things will not go on well with me. Definitely things will not go on well with you. Definitely, I understand all that you are going through. Yes, I understand your problems. I understand your challenges. Yes, I understand your pain. Yes, I understand that. But yes, that is what I want you to come out of it. Come out of it. And let's strive together for a vision, the good news, building a family. So Apostle Paul said that, and we are not in any way terrified by them because it's a proof of perdition, but of you is your salvation. And that is from God. So we know for sure, he says unto them is a proof of perdition. And when we talk about perdition here, Apostle Paul talks about people that are just wasting time and they are ready to waste your time. They are ready to waste our resources. They are ready to oppose us. But Apostle Paul says that, hey, that is not our work. That is not our work. There will be opposers. There will be adversaries. They know their end. There are people in this country that they will not be interested in the mention of Christ. That when you present Christ to them, they will resist us. And that is how the system is like. The system resists. It has, the system has been, to some of us, you don't know it, but I'm telling you today, the system has been created in such a way that it, it builds fear in people. Fear. So all that my, 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 my ancestors are fighting for is that they will put themselves in. Let me not offend some of us here. So all they do is that we come hard, we build our credit score, we get credit score, credit score. You put yourself in debt. How can you tell me I need to, if I want to build my credit score, I need to go for a, a credit? I don't, I don't understand it. I need to get a credit to build my credit score. So these are the things. And the system, so it, 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 it takes your mind. And the moment it is like that, you cannot develop. You cannot be free. 
you cannot you cannot improve so when it comes to the church they will tell you you know what now the church is not a charity all your offering must come to us so we will know what you are doing and that is what they tell us so even if any offering goes through easy it goes through them so i want you to understand the system It creates fear, fear, fear. That is what I see. So among us, when you when you mention some certain kind of money, it's like, no, you know, as for that place, don't go there. You know what? Don't go there. Don't, don't go there. We are very happy with our, I'm sorry to say, our thousand, our two thousand. That is all that the mindset is about. So when we get to know the adversary, and Apostle Paul saying that the salvation is not of you, but from God. And what, we, what are we talking about salvation here? Our next, have you thought about your son? Have you thought about your daughter? So the way mommy suffered, the way daddy suffered, and they are still suffering. I remember one time, um, my, my, an area I lived in Charlton, where you can see that the man, the man, he can see that the man is old, but he is still rushing to work. I'm like, if we're in Ghana by now, you were arresting. You know what I'm talking about. And these are some of the truths that we don't want to talk about. Because nobody wants to stand out and shake the system. Nobody. Because we all want to be good sheep. I came to tell you tonight, we are building a family where we are going to have business ventures. Black billionaires will come out of us. Black billionaires will come out of us. You know, when we say some of these things, I know some of us will be running away. It's like, you know, you know, <laughs> I'm not part of it. You know, how can you mention five thousand pounds and someone? That's a lot. Five thousand. Come on, five thousand pounds. That's a lot. Are you serious? No, it's not a lot. It's no money. Maybe you don't know. I'm telling you today. It's no money. That's a lot. <laughs> a lot. I'm telling you, it is small. It is time. It is, it is, it is. It, you know, they give you fear. When your child is 18, 16 years, don't teach him about money. Don't give him money. Unless, no, at the age of 10, I'm going to teach him how to be a millionaire. Period. And I'll show him money. I will raise my son with money. Yes, that is me. I'm going to raise my son with money. So this is how the system has been created and it has dominated. So all my father is fighting for at the end of the day, when he finishes and he goes on retirement, you know what? They do like they don't even know you from anywhere. I have been in the system before. So Apostle Paul said that, brethren, let's not be terrified. Yes. It is very terrible. It is very terrifying. But brethren, I came to encourage you. Let's not be terrified. Let's not be terrified. We can do it. Let's not be terrified. Let's not be terrified. We can do it. We can do it. And I believe in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that as we build on these things, that which God has ordained for us, we will make it tonight. So tonight, that is my word for you. I would like us to go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to 16. Philippians chapter 3, from 12 to 16. Not that I have already, already attained or mm. already accepted, 
that I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Amen. Praise the Lord. So you cannot tell me Black Lives Matter, they fought for independence and um, sorry to say, they fought for black, white um, coming together and that um, we, are, we, we, we should feel relaxed. We haven't attained, we haven't reached that degree yet. There is still colonialism, there is. For information, if you don't know, I'm telling you today. So that is why I'm telling you that. I'm sorry, but that this is not my style of preaching. I'm not that kind. I come to preach my gospel and I go my way. But God is giving me a different kind of message. So you see where I'm, I'm coming from. I don't know if you're getting it. I don't know. But this is where I'm coming from. And I don't think you'll understand me because some of these messages, you don't hear them. You don't. So Apostle Paul saying that if you think we have been perfected, it is not true. A young guy was killed in Edgeware. A young guy has been killed in Kent. A young guy, a young black guy, has been killed less than a month. And you are sitting there, you don't care? Are we, are we, I mean, are we here? And you are telling me that when a terrorist kills, they are able to identify the terrorist. United Kingdom is best, one of the best when it comes to sophisticated materials in fighting the security system, in fighting crime and all that, how can they not find solution to this? Or is it because they are people from certain race and culture? How come? And look at the people, potentials are dying. Young men, I want you to read the book of Exodus, then you will understand. Pharaoh said, let us kill the men before we think about other ones. Let us kill the men because they know what they can do. So our building of a family, it is not just a mere word. It is an influence. It is an impact that we will take the nation. So if you are there listening to me tonight, I came to build your faith up that this is our time that this is our moment, that we are building a revolution, a family. And this time around, let me tell you this. It is not about standards and we're talking Black Lives Matter. We don't need that. Let me tell you this. You don't need Black Lives it, it doesn't work. They are just a mere facade. It doesn't work. If we want to talk about, let's talk now. We need a board table discussion. And before you can listen to me, or I can listen to you, I need to look at your pedigree. Where are you coming from? So for example, Connie is a billionaire in United Kingdom. If you talk, they will listen to you. If Minister Patricia is a trillionaire in United Kingdom. Now, when we talk about, let's sit down for us to discuss, they will listen to you. 
But they know, they can determine the amount of money you get at the month. They know the amount of money I get at the end of the month. They can determine my yearly salary. They can determine it. So when you talk about discussion, they don't understand. And I'm sorry to say this. So when you talk, they see us. I'm sorry, don't be offended. But when we talk, they see us as barking dogs. They see us as that. They see us as we are just barking. <laughs> we call you, we call those people um, a, a stingless mosquito. So as I'm bringing my word to a close, we will be terrified, but we know our adversary. We will be terrified, but we know our adversary. Let's keep on fighting for this vision. Let's keep on fighting for this family. As I said, the Lord has given this word to me. I may offend you, I have no problem. But so long as, I don't know, maybe I'm like Moses, I don't know. But so long as he has said it, I will speak it out. As I said, personally, to some people who know me, I am that kind of person who is like, I mind my business. I'm that kind of person. Yes. I stayed with my landlord and there were many times he would come and ask, are you there? I can stay with you for like 24 hours and I'm not talking. But this is the mandate the Lord has given to me. And I don't have a choice. Sometimes you want to run away like Moses. You want to run away like Moses. But still the Lord, I'm like, you know, give it to some people, not me. So tonight, that is what I want us to understand. We have got adversaries. So your adversary is not the witchcraft. Your adversary is not that wizard. No. Leave your mind. And let's fight the real adversary. The Lord bless you. That we will bring salvation to the next black generation in United Kingdom. Listen to me. Until we identify ourselves, nobody will listen to you. I want to repeat this. Until you identify yourself, if you don't identify yourself, nobody, you want to be like somebody else and you want the person to listen to you, it doesn't work. Think about these things, meditate on these things and whatever you are doing from this time onwards, God bless you, I love you all as we are increasing in the knowledge of God. I would like you to declare after me, say in the name of Jesus, by the spirit of God that is in me, I declare tonight against all fear, against all terror, in Jesus' mighty name. I am 